he spoke very highly of their pastor. And he said, our pastor is just like you. I said, really? Can I meet him? No. <laughs> but he's here today. He's going to share the word with us. The Bible tells us the entrance into God's word is light. It's light. We have light. The light of God. And so, would you please welcome with me, Bishop Emmanuel Jigoro. His brother is here, Pastor Daniel. God bless you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Are you excited to be in God's presence? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. I want to thank God for the privilege of being here. Uh, it's a great privilege to connect with Pastor Goodluck. And uh, I know your first name, Angela. Meeting them for the first time. This is not my first time of meeting them, but uh, really coming in one-on-one -on -one and talk with them. I felt the aura of freedom, of love, of peace, of humility, and of kingdom life in them. And we were so blessed to have his quality of servants of God over you. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for my family here, uh, Daniel and Gladys, and the children, and Pastor Donald and the wife. I thank God for what he's doing at the Ark Fellowship. I feel very much at home here. And I thank God. A uh, little bit about myself before I start to preach. I am the uh, presiding bishop of Real Majesty Church, Nigeria. And by the grace of God, have been in ministry for over 14 years. And we have seen God's awesome power demonstrated in the salvation of souls and the healing of the sick and in protecting his people. God's love is awesome and unbeatable. Hallelujah. And I, I, I always like to tell this to people when I come to places for the first time, because it's always good for you to know the personality of the man of God. Because we have different types of operation. We have many servants of God, and God uses every person in unique way. Uh, in 1957, I had an experience that turned my ministry into another level. I've been in ministry for about uh, 10 or 11 years then. Uh, I was having a time of personal consecration to God and fasting, and on the third day, Jesus walked into the room 
with the doors closed. And I fell on my face and glorified the Lord. He began to say a lot of things to me. And one of the things he told me, he said, I give you the power of my word. And when you speak my word, my people shall receive understanding and illumination. By this, they will be set free from all bondages and affliction. They shall walk in dominion and liberty all their lives. And since that time, my emphasis on the word of God lift up. And uh, I have seen incredible miracles happen in the life of people, transformation of life through the simplicity of teaching the word of God. So I always advise people whenever I am on the pulpit to pay good attention to the word. Because when the word makes an entrance, it brings spiritualized, it brings illumination, and it hits you with the power, the awesome power of Almighty God. I believe that the word you are going to hear this morning is going to bring transformation in your life. I believe that the power of God will touch you wherever you have needs this morning. Hallelujah. I came from California to this place. I had a, I was invited for a conference and uh, Ontario, California. And I remember last Friday, I preached the word. And there was a woman by the name Kim Moore. And she was sitting in the congregation and listened to the word. At the end of the message, she prayed for the sick. And uh, after the prayer for the sick, I didn't even call for a testimony because of the time. And, but she, she ran out of the congregation and said she wants to testify. And she said for many years she had one of her foot shorter than the other one with a couple of inches. And since she walks with limp, but she listened to the word and her faith rose within her. And during the prayer, According to her, that five years ago, she suffered a stroke. And that even made her case worse. And she could not walk very well. But that day, the power of God, when her faith connected with God, nobody laid hands on her. The shorty leg grew to be equal with the other one. And every trace of disability from the stroke was completely gone. And she came up to testify. She was running. She was jumping. She was so excited about what the Lord has done. And I believe that the word will touch somebody's life this morning. Are you ready for the word? Okay, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, 
start reading from verse 12, verse 12 to 14. from the King James Version. Giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I want to speak to you on what I have titled the reality of redemption. The reality of redemption. Holy Spirit breathed life through this word to everyone under the sound of my voice. Give illumination and understanding that is uncommon. Let yokes be broken and let redemption become a reality in the life of everyone that hear the word this morning. Let everything provided in redemption be dispensed by the Holy Ghost. And let your works be made manifest. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said a big amen. Hallelujah. Now, redemption is bringing back to freedom by paying a ransom. Bringing back to legitimate freedom by paying a ransom. The text we read said, we give thanks to the Father who had made us meet, or who had qualified us to be heirs, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, when we talk about redemption, it is pre-assumed that the person being redeemed is in bondage, is in slavery. Now, but the Bible said he has made us qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, slaves don't inherit. Slaves have no inheritance. And so when you are qualified to be a, a heir, it means that your bondage is terminated and you are free. Hallelujah. Redemption makes no sense if we still remain in bondage. It makes no sense if we are still in the captivity of Satan. It makes no sense at all if we are still under the yoke of satanic bondage over our lives. I come to announce to everyone under the sound of my voice that because of the reality of the project of redemption that God undertook for humanity, everyone in this building, you have been set free. 
Hallelujah. You have been free, free, free from the power of sin, free from the bondage of sin, free from demonic harassment, free from every kind of limitation that the enemy has brought on humanity, free from every fabrication that the enemy has done against your family by the audacity of redemption. I declare your freedom. Somebody shout hallelujah. I trust God this morning that somebody is about to shout for freedom. We just sang freedom. I believe that this morning something is about to hit you that will make you celebrate the victory and the freedom that Christ has brought for us. The Bible tells me in John chapter 8 verse 32 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And in verse 36 he said if the son make you free, you shall be free indeed. That is freedom that cannot be challenged. That is freedom that is not negotiable. That is freedom that is everlasting. You shall be free indeed. Get ready to walk out on the devil because of the audacity of redemption. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen and amen. I want to bring out some important nuggets from what we have just read. Number one, redemption is the Father's initiative. We give thanks unto the Father on our behalf without our asking for it. God undertook the project of redeeming us. We didn't ask him to do it. And ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing the devil can do to Stop God or make God act against the result of redemption. It is his initiative. And Paul said, Apostle Paul said, we give thanks unto the Father who has qualified us. It means we were disqualified. Sin disqualified us. Bondage of, to sin disqualified us. And when you are disqualified, you, uh, you lack access. And so humanity lacked access to the provision of God. But because of redemption, he has made us qualified. It has nothing to do with what you did yesterday. It has nothing to do with what you're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow. It has nothing to do with your bank account, your, your, your academic status, your social status. It has nothing to do with your family background, with your race, with your color. It has nothing to do. It has all to do with God, the Father, His initiative, because of His love, with which He loved us ever before we ever knew anything. He knew us. He knew all the mistakes we're going to make. And He went ahead and qualified 
provide us for his best. And therefore today, everyone here under the sound of my voice, I come to declare to you by the word of God and by the audacity of redemption that you have access to God's provision. Everything that God has provided in heaven for humanity, you have access not because of your knowledge, but because of redemption. He qualified you. It is the Father's initiative. He loved you so much that when you didn't even know him, he worked for you. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Redemption is the Father's initiative. And it's too late for the devil to try anything stupid because God has finished the work. Hallelujah. Redemption is accomplished. Hallelujah. That is, a, he, he, he made us qualified. And then we must understand that redemption is an accomplished reality. That is number two. Redemption is an accomplished reality. We are not looking forward to redemption. We are actually working in the result of redemption. It has been accomplished. It's a project that God initiated and executed successfully. And so, redemption is an accomplished reality. That is why we read in verse 13, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness? Not who shall deliver us. Not who is planning to. Not who is thinking about delivering us. He had delivered us from the power power of darkness. If you don't understand what the power of darkness is, it's talking about the domain of Satan's dominion and authority. It's referred to as darkness. It's not talking about the darkness of the nine. It's talking about spiritual darkness, that atmosphere that permeates the, the, the dominion, the influence, and the authority of Satan. It is the atmosphere in which the government of Satan tries. When you are in that atmosphere, you may not want it, but it's enforced on you. That is what is called oppression. But the Bible said, we have been delivered. He had delivered us from the power of darkness. Glory be to God. God does not have son slaves. All his sons are free. And the Bible tells me that the creatures, they are groaning and waiting and to enter into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. How many sons of God are in the house? Hallelujah. I come to proclaim your liberty. If anything suggests bondage in your life, if anything suggests slavery in your life, it is a lie of the devil. And before this service is over, you are walking out of that thing. You are coming out of that bondage. You are coming out of that situation. Whether it has been there before you were born, it makes no difference because redemption has been backdated to the foundation of the earth. Hallelujah! It's older than any problem that you have. Get ready! It's your freedom day. Somebody shout, yeah! Mm. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I'm delivered. Now there are a lot of things that 
people do out of ignorance. I have no time to go into them today. But you must understand. There is a difference between casting out devils. And deliverance. You cast out devils with the authority and the power of God. But nobody gets delivered without knowledge. The demonstration of God's power can make demons to manifest, can send out demons from people. But just because the demon left the person does not mean the person is delivered. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Because when the demons go out, they also come back. And when they come back, they need to meet the truth. If there is no truth in the spirit of that person, if there is no revelation truth, the case of that person becomes worse. And so we must understand the difference between the exercise of the believer's authority, the anointing that God has given to us to cast out demons and getting people delivered. Jesus Christ said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach deliverance. And so deliverance is not really prayed. It is preached. It is taught. It is knowledge delivered to the people. And when you get a grip of the revelation of your redemption, that you have been delivered through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You on your own walk out on the devil. Hallelujah. You say, I have the license of freedom. I am delivered. Hallelujah. You see, wonder, you wonder, I don't know whether it's common here, but it's common in Africa. These people going for deliverance and they keep doing one deliverance for, for years. And they keep coming back for, and they keep casting the same demon out for years. I don't know whether you experience such things here. It is because of ignorance. Those people just need to have a grip of the knowledge of truth and stand. The Bible said in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled anymore in the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Say, I'm delivered. He had delivered us from the power of darkness. Mm. It is done. It is an accomplished reality. It is done. God's cash redemption in the Old Testament. He materialized it in the New Testament in Christ Jesus. The Old Testament, the sacrifices of bulls and goats and rams, is a contract. Jesus is the contact. And we are the impact. And when we move around, there should be evidence that we are not slaves. We are born again. We are children of the living God. We are free. And we have access to the provision of God. Hallelujah. 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 Then thirdly, redemption implies a change of address. 
He said, he delivered us and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. He, he, he redeemed us. He delivered us and did not leave us in the environment of Satan. In the spirit, God translated you. God moved you. God changed your address. Your address was darkness. But now your, your, your address, your new address is light. Spiritual light. You dwell in the light. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And in the presence of light, darkness is irrelevant. And that is how powerful you have become as the redeemed of the Lord. You dwell in light. And the Bible said he has made you qualified to inherit together with the saints in light. As from this very moment, let me declare with the anointing that is upon me this morning that anything fabricated fabricated in darkness have no trace to your life. Anything fabricated in darkness and, trans, and, and transformed or projected into your family, into your life that is causing confusion and causing problems, giving you sicknesses and diseases, causing you heart troubles and heart aches, ladies and gentlemen, if it is not organized in heaven, if it was organized in the kingdom of darkness and projected into your life, it's going to disappear from your life today because that is not part of your inheritance. You inherit only stuff that are made in life. I come to declare to you that healing is made in life, that your joy is made in life, that your prosperity is made in life. Somebody is coming out of that pain, is coming out of that trouble. You're coming out of that trouble. You're coming out of that bondage. That's a central problem. That generational weakness and disadvantage is going to disappear because it is not of life. You are qualified to assess the things that are made available in the light of God. Somebody shout, yeah! Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So your address has changed. You have moved from point A to point B. The word that word translation was used for Enoch in the Bible. The Bible said that by faith Enoch walked with God and was not found. Because he was translated. Himmel was translated. How was he translated? He was taken from the earth realm into the heavenly realm. And they couldn't find him anymore. All they had on earth was his history. But they couldn't touch him anymore. And that's what redemption does to you. It translates you. From the kingdom of darkness. They still have your history over there in the world of darkness. They still know that you were born in that family with all those weaknesses and generational problems. They still know that you used to have such bad character and addiction and bondage. They still know it is history. But now you have been moved into light. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say, I am moved. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Enoch was not found because God translated him. Let me tell you this. You are no longer in the environment, in the spiritual environment where Satan can lord it over you. Hallelujah. Now, if you go to London, the drive on the left side of the road is a traffic code. And no policeman from London can come to America and give a ticket to somebody driving on the right in America. No, that is limited to London. It's not in America. This is another kingdom. Hello, another government, another country. And you must understand that when God moves you from darkness to light, the laws that govern people in darkness are no longer relevant to you. You don't have to keep their rules anymore. You are already out of there. You are made to live a new life in the environment of spiritual light. And when there is light, darkness disappears. Hallelujah. 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 You carry that light with you everywhere you go. And ladies and gentlemen, all you need to do in some times is just show up. Sometimes, sometimes you don't even need to speak a word. Just show up. Pastor Goodluck, many years ago, I was praying on Sunday morning. I was, I was not a pastor yet. I was praying on Sunday morning. I, I was in the Baptist church then. And the Holy Spirit said to me, get up and go to that shrine. It was a, a, a voodoo shrine. He said, go there. And I, did, I, I just couldn't understand the, the relation between going to church and going to a voodoo shrine on Sunday morning. But I got up, took my Bible, and then I walked to that voodoo shrine, not knowing what to do. And I stepped into that, like they have like a court or what do you call it, a, a sanctuary. I walked into it. I saw people sitting down many chairs, and the priest, the chief priest, was sitting at the altar. And I stepped in, and as soon as I stepped in, she's a woman, she screamed and said, get out of this building, get out of this building, we don't need you here, we don't need you here, and take off your shoes from your feet. But I was standing, the Holy Spirit did not ask me to move, I stood, and then she said, take off that shoe, take off that shoe from your feet. I was still standing. And there were seven candles on the altar. And all of a sudden, the seven candles flickered and they went off. And then the chief priest started crying. He wept and said, you brought me trouble this morning. Who sent you here this morning? I said, God. He said, you caused me a lot of trouble. She started talking and crying and telling, explaining to the people around, the congregation around. He said, don't you see how this, this boy brought me a problem? This is something that happened in the 70s. And then he said to me, he said to them, he said, I have been fasting for 21 days. 
and seven spirits have come from the, from, from, from the ocean to anoint me today with power to function in this place. You see, and those were represented by the seven candles on the altar. He started counting the names of all the spirits that came from the ocean. He said, as soon as this boy stepped into this building, they all took off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After some time, he was able to give, she was able to give me the time to, to speak. I spoke the gospel to them, but she, she said she cannot change. She has already sold her life over to the devil, but she wanted all her children to go to church. All her children gave their life to Christ that day. Hallelujah. And you know, that was the end of that shrine because that shrine could not survive it. Those spirits could not return. Hallelujah. But all I did was show up. All you need to do sometimes is just show up. You're carrying spiritual light. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Your address has been changed. You now dwell in the light. Mm. Number four, by the reality of redemption, Satan has lost all legal jurisdiction over you. Because if you are not in his territory, he cannot judge you. And so you are free from all satanic bondages. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So redemptive freedom is summarized in these three things I want to tell you. Number one, there is a premium for your freedom. There is a premium for your freedom. A price has been paid. And by reason of the price that, has, that is paid on you, your value has appreciated. You see, the value of a thing is measured by how much it costs. If God is willing and was able to release the life of his own son for you, it means you are as valuable as his son. Hallelujah. There is a premium for your freedom. One day, my wife woke up in the morning and opened the door. We were still pastoring in the village then. When he opened the door, she found some voodoo stuff that some witch doctors had placed on the door at the entrance of the house. Some blood sacrifice, some animal parts, some mashed food, some red cloth, some cowries, and some other voodoo stuff. And they put it there. And if you know about voodoo, those things spell doom. And, and my wife quickly shut the door, came to the room, and told me, you've got to come and see something. So I got up, went to the door, and saw all the stuff. So I said to her, get the mob and the broom. He said, what did you say? I said, yes, I need the mob and the broom. Let's do some cleanup. He said, no. 
let's take some time to pray. I said, no, I'm not going to waste a prayer on this. I said, the people that did this are ignorant of the sacrifice that covered me. They need more. They need to do more sacrifice. Until they are able to present a sacrifice that is more valuable than the sacrifice that is my covering. Hallelujah. That is, that is how the knowledge of redemption is. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the truth and the truth make you free. I said, get a broom. And we took off all those things. We washed it all. And that was many years ago. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You are covered. That is what it means when you are saying, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. It's not as if you are, pouring, you are pouring fresh blood on yourself. You are saying that one sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you is potent for eternity. And is higher than every other sacrifice. The devil is in trouble. He cannot come up with a more superior sacrifice. The witches may hate you, but they can't destroy you. Your enemies may hate you, but they can't destroy you. It's impossible the price that God paid on you is too high and they can come up with anything as high as that. You are safe. You are protected. You are under the covering of the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout, yeah! Many years ago, I took a team of young people and we went for a crusade in a town called called uh, um, um, Mereji. Mereji. I told you about Elume, but this, this Mereji, uh, another town that's very well known for witchcraft and voodoo. And the, the, the story has gone that every person that have gone there for crusade did not succeed. The voodoo and witch doctors will attack the crusade with, with thunder. They will split the crusade up with rain and thunder. And we went there for the crusade the Lord said we should go. And on the first night of the crusade, about the time I was about to mount the platform, the clouds came. The winds started to blow. The rain was about to fall. And people started running away and saying, it's going to happen now. That is how it used to happen. And I stood on the platform. All my, my suit was flying behind me. My Bible was flapping off. And I didn't know what to do. So I took the microphone and I announced to the people. I said, today you will know that there is a God that is above witchcraft. You will know that God sent us here. I said, we are not going to pray, but everything we are going to do is to just praise God until this cloud clears and the stars and the moon will join us in praising God tonight. Hallelujah. And we started singing and praising the name of the living God until the cloud cleared and the moon appeared and the star appeared. And when the people saw what happened, they started running back to the crusade ground. And I made an altar call for those who know that God is greater and those who want to serve this God from today and many people gave their life to Christ. Hallelujah. Now, but that's not the end of the story. That, 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 part, that part of the story is good but the, the greatest part of the story is that 
I must tell you this. We don't have all the comfort you have in America here. And so in those days, when we go for crusade, we look for a primary school. And then we, 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 we just spread some mats on the floor and sleep and wait till the next day and go for crusade again. No hotels. And so we went there to one of the primary schools and we entered into the classroom. And unfortunately, the classroom had no doors and had no windows. And so we, we, we said, all right, as we're going to do it, some people will sleep and some people will stay awake. So we had a schedule. You have to be awake for, for two hours. And when your two hours is done, you wake up the next group. And so that's how we did it. And so it was at about 1 a.m. We were sleeping. And the witch doctors sent ritual killers to come and kill us in the, in the classroom. And when they came, they were wearing all their attires, traditional witchcraft attires and charms, and with big machete in their hand, two of them. And they came and they got to the door. A brother who was awake watching saw them, and he was afraid. And so she put the cover over his head and opened a little part to be watching. And when she watched, he watched, he watched for some time. They got to the door, and when they got to the door, they behaved as though the door was locked. They tried to come in, they could not. And so they walked around the building to the other side because there was another door on the other side. So they walked around the building to the other side and tried to make it in through that door, but they were making effort there was no door, but it was looking like there was a door. And they could not come in. And they, they did that for two hours. They keep going around the building and trying to make effort to come in for two hours. At about 3 a.m., they got tired and they turned to go. And as they turned to go, the brother woke us up. He said, get up, get up. We all woke up and said, look at those men. Look at those men. They've been here for two hours. And this is what they've been trying to do. And we saw them run away. But ladies and gentlemen, we were not praying. We were not doing anything. It's just we were sleeping under the covering of that one sacrifice. You are covered. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a premium on your freedom. And number two, there is a medium of your freedom. The medium of your freedom is Christ himself. The name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. And every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I wish I had time to talk about that. Then number three, there is the kingdom of your freedom. You have, you have the, 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 the premium on your freedom, the medium of your freedom, and the kingdom of your freedom. He, 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 he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot enjoy the provision of redemption without living in the kingdom. You have to live in the kingdom to enjoy the liberty that, the, that redemption offers.
And a lot of people have missed it. They want blessings from God. They want healing from God. They want deliverance. They want miracles from God. But they don't want to live the life of the kingdom. When you walk out of God's kingdom, you become vulnerable to Satan. Because outside God's kingdom, it is only Satan's kingdom that exists. So if you don't live in his kingdom, you are living in Satan's kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why we are a church. That is why we are gathered together like this. Because we are a family. We are in God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, two things are very important. Faith towards God and love towards man. And because of these two combinations, you are able to humble yourself to serve God and to serve man. I just heard the pastor talking about people coming to package medicine for to send to people that they don't know. Don't you know, I, something touched my heart. I said some people spend their money to buy this medicine, to give to people they don't know. That is the expression of love. And such sacrifices touches the heart of God. You cannot exercise such love without the life of God's kingdom in you. You are born again to live in the kingdom. And the Bible said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. It is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. And so you are to live in God's kingdom. You are to fellowship with those in God's kingdom. You are to connect with those in God's kingdom. You cannot be an island on yourself. You need to be in Bible study. You need to be in prayer meetings. You need to be in small groups. You need to be witnessing and winning souls for the kingdom. And you need to be giving to support the kingdom. You can't be a citizen of this country and fail to pay your tax. If you pay, don't pay your tax, you, the IRS is coming after you. And you are going to pay dearly for it. Ladies and gentlemen, our giving to God is like paying kingdom taxes. And God sees them as very valuable expression of our loyalty and dedication to the kingdom. He does not force you. You do it out of your heart, out of your volition, out of your will. But with such sacrifices, God is well pleased and he commands blessings and trusts you with more because you are dedicated to his curse. Hallelujah. I don't know how many people are living in the kingdom. Today, you can make a commitment to God to say, I want to live in the kingdom because there is a kingdom of your freedom. And when you live in that kingdom, your freedom is a reality. God bless you this morning.